Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski. Today we're going to be talking about what really causes the U.S. dollar to increase relative to other currencies. Is it interest rate deferentials? Yes, according to the textbook. No, according to Jeff Snyder, the head of global research for Alhambra Investments. Jeff, we're going to look at the euro. We're going to look at the Fed raising interest rates. We're going to look at what Europe, Europe's central bank was doing and compare and see whether or not interest rate differentials is the answer. But give the audience a thesis, a summary. What will they learn at the end of this show? Well, for the longest time, the rising U.S. dollar exchange value was looked upon as a positive outcome. It was, hey, the U.S. economy must be doing really well because its currency is going up against all the other losers out there. The U.S. is great. And then sort of through the post-crisis era, that viewpoint got softened a bit So you got into the middle of the last decade where people were saying, comparing it to laundry, right? It was, well, the U.S. dollar is going up and the U.S. isn't great, but it's the cleanest, dirty shirt, right? Everybody's crappy, but the U.S. is the least crappy. So it's still kind of tying together the rising U.S. dollar exchange value to some sort of positivity or optimistic outcome. And then you get to 2018, 2019, and people started to realize, you know what, when the U.S. dollar goes up, That doesn't usually correspond with any good things anywhere. Then, of course, we got our big reminder in 2020 with the shutdown, COVID, all that stuff, global recession, and the U.S. dollar spiked, as it had, importantly, in 2008. So there is a evolving awareness where people are starting to get the point, or at least get the the, the correlation, that when the U.S. dollar goes up in exchange value, that corresponds to really bad outcomes, not just in real economy, but also in financial systems as well. And so that begs the question, why does the dollar go up? What is it really doing here? What is a, what is a rising dollar actually about? We're going to look at a graph right now that comes from your blog post on the 2nd of May. The title was, What Really Raises the Rising Dollar? And we're looking at the euro as well as interest rates by the Federal Reserve and the ECB. You've got some red arrows here and you've got some notes here that basically tell us, well, it's not doing what it should be doing in the textbook, is it, Jeff? Sometimes the Fed is... Yeah, go ahead, explain it. One of the common explanations for the rising U.S. dollar is interest rate differential. For example, against the euro, if you can get a better return in the United States compared to Europe, if you can get a better return in U.S. dollar assets as compared to those in euro-denominated assets... It would make sense that, quote unquote, capital flows would move from Europe to the U.S., therefore the dollar would go up. So we look at interest rate differentials and what we see is that sometimes that appears to be the case and at other times it appears to be not the case. And one of those other times it appeared not to be the case was at one of the worst cases. For example, in the middle of 2008, which was one of the worst periods in U.S. economic history, apart from, you know, over the last 80 years since the Great Depression, Uh, What happened was the Fed had already started cutting rates. So U.S. interest rates were going down in the U.S. Short-term rates in particular were going down in the U.S., although not just because of the Fed. We can talk about Treasury bills and all that stuff. But lower interest rates in the U.S., where at the same time, the European Central Bank was convinced that there was going to be massive amounts of inflation, because remember, oil prices in the middle of 2008 were high. And the ECB was actually raising rates in July of 2008. So you have Fed cutting, short-term rates in the U.S. going down, ECB raising rates, short-term rates in the U- in the Europe going up, which by theory should lead to the euro 
going up and the dollar going down, but it was the exact opposite. In fact, the euro went way down because the US dollar went way up because it has nothing to do with interest rate differentials. It's about dollar shortage going global. The euro is down quite a bit lately. I'm looking at the markets right now and it says that you can't give away a euro relative <laughs> to a dollar. It's at 1.0, I'm gonna round up six. One reason why, tells me Bloomberg, is because the European Central Bank is hesitant to raise rates at the same pace that the Federal Reserve is. And it would surprise our audience that you wrote an article about this to Christine Lagarde's credit, maybe? And then, well, here it is. Here's the title. Do I owe Christine Lagarde an apology? You say, Jeff, that she's not raising rates and keeping up with the Fed, maybe wisely, obviously wisely. And then later we'll talk about that. That has nothing to do with the why the US dollar is moving relative to the euro. Yeah, so the ECB is, as everybody knows, the, the Federal Reserve is going crazy trying to prove and establish its uh, hawkish bona fides by raising rates aggressively and, and uh, continuing its forward guidance for more rate hikes in the future. At the same time, even though consumer price increases and rates are almost identical in Europe, the European Central Bank is not taking an identical approach to its consumer price problem for some reason, right? I mean, the ECB has basically said they're going to take their time. They're going to go at a snail's pace. They're still going to wind down their quantitative easing over the coming months, and they're not going to start hiking rates until after that is completed. And then there's some gap in between. So the Fed can't go fast enough while well, the ECB is, you know, it's the tortoise and the hare all over again. And you have to wonder why that is and how does that actually play into what's going on with the euro exchange value to the U.S. dollar? As it stands, it sounds like this explains why the euro is so weak when the U.S. dollar is so strong. But that's again, you can find historical, small historical periods where that seems to be the case but it doesn't explain what's actually happening, especially outside of the euro US dollar, outside of the US Federal Reserve and ECB and the differences in monetary policies. We need to only go back to 2017 and 2018 to see the same thing in action, where throughout 2017, the ECB was doing QE zero interest rates while the Fed was raising rates, yet the US dollar was falling. In fact, everybody was convinced the US dollar was crashing through 2017, and then all of a sudden, even though nothing had changed, the ECB was still doing QE, the Fed was still raising rates, suddenly, in early part of 2018, the US dollar started to spike while the euros went, uh, started to crash or maybe went lower against the US dollar as well as other currencies. So it wasn't that case in 2017 and 2018 where the differences between central bank monetary policies tell us what's going on in the currency. That's not it. That's not what's going on here. And the apology to Christine Lagarde is essentially, you know, why is it that the ECB is taking a more cautious approach? And I have to wonder if maybe those people in Europe, those policymakers in Europe, learned a thing or two about that last time when in, uh, her predecessor, Mario Draghi, all of this kind of blew up in his face when it didn't work out in 2019 the way everybody thought it would. And so you wonder, have they learned something from all of this stuff here? And Draghi's predecessor as well. It looks like the other foot is now going to be something. Something's happening with the other foot, with the Federal Reserve. I'm thinking of the Trichet examples of 2008, of course, 
raising right into a crisis. It looks like that's what the Fed will be doing while the ECB will be sitting waiting for And he the, did it again in 2011. Remember yes, that? There was yes. two rate hikes in 2011. Exactly. So, so maybe she's learned. I mean, I, I suppose it's possible. Nothing is impossible. And I reserve the right to change my mind if, if tomorrow the ECB announces an aggressive set of rate hikes, which would be not at all unsurprising. Okay. We're going to go back to an article for the first time in our 200 plus episode history. We're going to go back to an article. Wow. I can't believe it. Here we are. We're going back to collateral shortage from a Fed perspective, posted at Alhambra Investments on the 3rd of May. And Jeff, we didn't discuss last time the U.S. dollar and its different flavors that you provide us superimposed upon rate hikes by the Federal Reserve. And what we're seeing in these cases, in these examples, you're drawing our attention to something that goes against what we see, what we read in the textbooks. Yeah, it's not just the euro US dollar across currency. It's also pretty much a widespread array or wide array of other uh, counterparty currencies, whether you use the DXY Dixie index or a much broader trade weighted index, whatever the case may be, what you find is that the US dollar's ups and downs don't really correspond very well to Federal Reserve policy in isolation either. So if we're looking at the, the skyrocketing U.S. dollar in May of 2022, and we think that's related to Jay Powell's ultra-aggressive stance, that doesn't stand up to scrutiny nor even recent history. As we just said, not just against the euro, but 2017 and 2018, the Fed was consistent in hiking rates as well as doing quantitative tightening. Let's not forget that. Yet the U.S. dollar was falling in exchange value against a wide swath of currencies throughout 2017 then abruptly stopped and turned around. The Fed hadn't changed anything. Fed's still doing rate heights and quantitative easing or quantitative tightening. And the dollar starts going in the opposite direction through the rest of 2018, right on into 2019 and 2020, even though in 2019, the Fed finally reversed course, stopped hiking rates and started cutting rates. And yet the dollar continued to rise against a lot of currencies. So what we're saying here is recent history, as well as prolonged examination of history, shows it's not the Fed that controls or even influences the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar does what it does, independent of the Federal Reserve, which then leads us into the, what does happen with the U.S. dollar. I'm thinking of Reserve Bank of India Governor Urjit Patel's very succinct statement in June of 2018, where he said, Dollar funding has evaporated as the dollar was skyrocketing at that moment. And so we put all these things together. We have a U.S. dollar exchange value that's independent of the Federal Reserve's monetary policy. And that U.S. dollar exchange value is an acknowledgement of actual money in the system. So transitive property, actual money in the, in the global monetary system is also independent of the Federal Reserve's policy. Dollar goes up. Bad things in the in the uh, dollar shortage, collateral, all this, all the stuff that we identify, and eventually that weighs on the real economy globally, and you end up with downturns, recessions all over the world. Jeff, is this because of the so-called safety trade, and people want to move into something that will protect them from the the volatility of the of a global economy gone wrong, or is it similarly that global economic agents are earning dollars, generally, because that's the global reserve currency. They're earning dollar-denominated euro dollars, bank liabilities, bank deposits. 
But should we head into difficult times, they'll be earning less of them, presumably as their customers struggle. But those liabilities that they owe, the payments to their employees, uh, servicers, consultants, the commodity production, all the input costs, the, the debt they owe, all that's, that's not disappearing. So revenues presumably will be heading down, liabilities still unchanged, therefore move into that currency, that dollar do not, not dominated deposits at the bank, because these things will become more valuable as the rest of the world is looking to move into that same currency as you are. So buy now. Is that what's happening? Is this, why are people moving into the dollar? Why is it gaining value? You know, I think it's a, it's a good question because it, there's this sense that these are capital flows one way or the other. And I think that's, that's, the, that's not the right way to look at these things. The world is short, synthetically short of U.S. Okay. dollars because the U.S. dollar is exchange value. Where does it get these monetary tools to engage in all the commerce you just went through, Emil? It gets them from the banking system. If the banking mm. system becomes risk averse because it's collateral mm -hmm. shortage, because it doesn't want to lend, whatever balance sheet constraints that I just wrote about, uh, any number of things means that it's harder to get banks to supply you the U.S. dollar denominated assets you need to engage in global trade and commerce. And that's usually what happens when the U.S. dollar exchange value goes up as a reflection of the synthetic short being harder and harder to continue to roll over and fund. So the dollar's exchange value is a reflection upon sufficiency or money supply. The right amount of, well, the right amount is not the right term, but a sufficient amount of fluid and flexible euro dollar supply throughout the rest of the world. The U.S. dollar goes up. That says banks are not supplying dollars at the same level, the same cost, the same way as they had been before when the dollar wasn't as high as it is now. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. That's a nuanced difference. I was describing capital flows, which is what we traditionally are, are taught. What, yeah, that's what everybody talks about. It's, it's natural to think about it in that way because it's, it's the old way of thinking. It goes back to the previous way where we actually had to put gold bars on ships and move them to the other part of the world, right? Or mm. then we went into a banker's acceptance of paper where still you had capital flows where you know, claims on gold assets or bullion assets were transferred from one place to another. But really, that's what the euro dollar system evolved to solve so that we don't have to have all those things. We can just have one central source of mon global reserve currency or, or monetary resources. And then it's just supplying it as it is demanded. The problem, of course, is that when uh, it's the supply of this global reserve currency becomes much harder to secure, then all sorts of bad things happen because you have to think about it. If you have to pay more just to engage in convert commerce, that's a friction. That's a drag on economic growth. It also has you know negative effects on marketplaces too because this risk aversion applies to financial markets as well as uh, global trade and global commerce. It's not capital flows. It's a global balance sheet. And the gatekeepers of that balance sheet are decentralized. They're banks but they're gatekeepers and they become risk averse sometimes. And they're not going to let everyone into the club. The cover charge is going up. And that's what makes those dollars or that capacity that is available more dear, more valuable. And that's how, what we see in the dollar. And that's why it all corresponds. The rising dollar corresponds to, to bad outcomes, which people are starting to realize that when the dollar goes up, it's not because the U.S. is awesome compared to everybody else. It's not that the U.S. is not so awesome compared to everybody being worse. 
it's because, as you just said, the cover charge to participate goes up and that creates all sorts of problems, as well as it is a reflection of existing problems becoming even more problems. So the dollar goes up. It's not the Fed. It's not good either. Thank you very much, Jeff. Take care, Emil. <laughs>